1: and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love.
2: Warning, this podcast and intro, come to think of it, may contain rants and, given the nature of the transfer window, outdated information, even though I recorded it at 10.41am this morning. Anyway, here's the jingle. So, when I came up with the title for this episode, it was a tongue-in-cheek quip at the state of play after Saturday's collapse at home to Barrow, where Clough put Ollie Hawkins here, there and everywhere. Actually, come to think of it, it's no wonder he ended up in Gillingham. On that, the previous 48 hours transfer business is still aptly summed up by today's title, as when asked what's going on, my reply is, Sorry, I haven't a clue. Join us over the next hour or so for lots of discussions. I think it's the first time ever I've done two pages of notes as we talk barrow, bullshit, buying, selling, age ranges, injuries and a whole lot more in between. If you're watching the live feed, feel free to fuel the fire in the comments. Right, is this the Manchester Matters podcast? <laughs> I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. Yes, and true to form, as I said in the intro, things could happen between then and now, and they have. Nigel Clough has added another player to his squad early today. Callum Johnson arrives for an undisclosed fee from Ross County. More on him later. Hello and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield matters. My God, does Mansfield matter tonight, I think. Other than a special Christmas episode, we've got the most amount of panellists we've ever had in six series of the Mansfield Matters podcast tonight because it's all been kicking off at Mansfield Town. Now, that includes some returning faces. The last time that we spoke to our first guest tonight, he lived the other side of Mansfield, had an all right internet connection, but used a MacBook and for some reason couldn't get his microphone to work and was quite often in delay. So let's find out if moving to the middle of the nowhere of nowhere into what could only be described as a mini mansion has made any significant changes to his internet connection. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in 2023, let's say hello and welcome to the forgotten man, Jordan. No, not Jordan Barry. It's Nathan Edge. Hello, Nathan Edge. Evening. Wait. Well.
3: Well, quickly. That's not an improvement. Um, it's still but it is, so you know i'm now so you know yeah, yeah it it
2: it, it kind of works it kind of doesn't so i mean feel free if you want to stick around or if you want to leave it for another week it's entirely up to it's entirely up to you uh, maybe just sit there and watch we'll the piss out of you whatever you want to do mate
0: yeah cheers cheers i think uh, i got totally
3: cable to next thing to try but the back even if it's briefly anyway
2: yeah it is it's nice to see you um just just nod mm-hmm. or shake your head because i can only make out half of every other word that you say are you settled into the new house that's a yes <laughs> oliver and the miss oliver and the missus okay excellent are you are you okay Right. We'll try and do some sort of sign language or whatever with you later on and we'll see what happens as the show goes on. Yeah, that sort of sign language is great, mate. Uh, Well, from uh, one man who's returning after a long absence to another, yes, let's say hello and give an appearance to Jason. Oh, no, it's not Jason. It is Cam Felton who's trying to outdo my backdrop. How are you? (laughs) Hello, I'm good. Jolly good. Right, talk us through this backdrop then. You've uh, obviously been away trying to put together an ikea cabinet and as someone that's moved house recently i know it takes about six months to build one so uh what have you got going on
3: firstly i'll take my microphone with me so you can see everything well, that's that. you're going well, out shop, so that's great we can't see huzzah i know. i like that even that's i don't look, like looking at myself anyway um i've been to ikea um sheffield ikea is the worst place on earth because well, sheffield available. people sheffield people are pig ignorant and rude um hmm. but um yeah, so I've got a, a selection of memorabilia from um shirts, which I know Nick will appreciate. Yeah um, I then got a frame which I got for Christmas off Craig and Nat. Uh so thank you very much for that. That's got the don't Wembley g- wait, wait, Hang on a minute, hang on a minute, don't give her any credit. I got that. Ugh. Um and then from Legends Live part two, we've got Carlisle frame down here, which ah, you won't be there most of the time. Uh, a program from the League Cup final with Huddersfield last season, a couple of other bits as well with Huddersfield, uh, a footprint and a handprint of my little girl, and then just a couple of bits and bobs that my mum got me for last year and for Christmas this year, and then my stag, and then team sheets uh ah, Wembley well. thing and more shirts. So Jolly very good, organized. Good. And I've even got a light, like a proper um yeah. staging light sort of thing. So yeah. yeah. Really well, well, And I've got my desk, I've got everything set up. Dual monitors. Yeah. I'm I'm sorted. Yeah well we look we look forward to
2: seeing you for like two more podcasts this season. Right, let's get rid of you. Uh let's go to uh, one man who Jonathan. may have to dash off at, at some point in this podcast because he's about to become uh, a granddad again uh, at Ooh. some point very, very soon. He's been shopping in the club shop today and brought a, a nice little bit of Stag's baby memorabilia. It is, of course, Santa himself, Mr. Alan Wilson. How are you, mate? Is, are things all right? Yes, not too bad. Still get still a bit
4: snotty, but apart from that, not bad at all, Craig. Thank you, and good evening, everybody.
2: Sounded a lot better than what you did on match day the other day, Al, so, you know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, good well, to have is, you. can only be a good thing. Good to have you fighting fit. Well, of course, you know I didn't know that Nathan, uh, who actually actually has now disappeared off the stream, or Cam, were going to come on tonight. So I, obviously, I arranged guests. I knew Clive wasn't going to be coming to join us tonight. So we brought in Mansfield Town's uh, Mansfield Town Mansfield Matters podcast's latest sign in, aka Nick of Mansfield Town shirts, who's definitely been on more times than Cam this season. Welcome back, Nick. Another array of shirts as well in the background.
1: Yes, another random set,
2: yeah. How hey, you all right? Very good, mate. Very good to see you. We'll delve into what church you've got later on. And uh, we've also got on the podcast tonight, we've brought him back after his appearance on the Christmas special to let him chew the fat on all things Mansfield Town tonight rather than just answer my stupid questions. It's podcast predictions chief, Ben, in his very own Manshed. shed. How are you, mate? I'm all right, thank you. Feeling a lot like like better than I did last Saturday, so feeling a bit more positive. Absolutely. It's good to see you. We'll get your thoughts on uh, all things Stags throughout the show. As always, you guys at home, come and have your say on your team throughout as well in the comments. Uh, right, let's get stuck in, shall we? I have literally got the first time in a long time of doing this podcast sat today and did two full pages of notes of things to talk about tonight and never usually do that i know usually my notes look a little bit like uh that which is a blank piece of paper um so yes we've got plenty to talk about plenty to delve into and as always if you're watching the live feed feel free to come and have your say and uh, get involved as well um Yes, absolutely. Uh, let's uh, let's kickstart the discussion then, shall we? I think, you know, we usually try and start with all things match-related, but I think it's probably a little bit wrong to do that this week. So we'll work backwards and go with the last 24 hours. And uh, Ben, I'm going to come and start with you today because you sent me an email the other day. You know, we always sort of chat online through email about podcast predictions and that, and you sent me an email, said, can I come on to the podcast this week? So I think there's a, a lot to talk about. Straight away, no hesitation, I said, yes, absolutely. Feel free to come on and have a little rant. Have your feelings, thoughts and feelings changed now that we've made two editions over the last 24 hours, or is this still rant-style conversations bubbling away inside? There,
5: there's still There's still anxiety. I mean, I think last Saturday is the lowest I've ever felt. I mean, I just I just thought Clough had lost the plot. I'm a big fan of Clough. I've always protected Clough and I think he's the right man for the job, blah, blah, blah. And I come out to there Saturday and I've never been to that. And I'm like, what is happening? You know, what he did with Hawkins and Barry, it, it's just like, what is happening to it? And we need to make some changes. I mean, there's obviously something wrong somewhere. If that's the manager, the players, whatever, we need to get some changes in January. I've been on the, the golf course Today, and um, my phone's been going mental with, obviously, the new signings and whatever. We don't know a lot about these new, new signings, to be fair. You know, we've all gone on Wikipedia and looked. They look promising. You know, I, the, the, the Alpha Kilgore, you know, he's injury-prone, a bit, bit worrying. Mm. And I'm just a bit worried of why Callum Johnson's only been at Ross County for six months. Does he not like Scotland? I don't know what it is. but So, it looks positive. I'm feeling a bit more positive. But until we see him on the pitch, we don't know, do we?
2: Well, one man who always has a positive comment, I reckon I could literally have a gun to his head and he'd still talk positive to me, is Alan Wilson. <laughs> Did you pass on some form of your illness to Nigel Clough on Saturday, Al? Because it looked like he... The, the only way I can rationalise the decision-making process from the second half on Saturday is of a man who is dosed up on Norafen sniffing Vic at every opportunity, drinking Lemsip every 30 seconds and just completely delirious because that's how it felt. But did your illness sort of cast a cloud of that? Have you forgotten all about it? Because if so, I think I'd quite like to have had that illness because it was not... <laughs> it was just a very
4: strange one, weren't it? We all must have been buoyant, like myself, after 30, 30 minutes or whatever, 2-0 up, everything sweet, playing something like we used to play. And then they just hit the, uh, admitted it was a fair strike when the chap uh, hit it from, you know, from the side to make it 2-1. But as soon as their number 10 came on, Craig, I turned around to Kieran and I said straight away, he's going to run the show. You could tell with his demeanour, everything about him. And then he got the second goal, then he got the third goal, but he just ran the show and we'd got, we'd got nothing to do. You know, we couldn't cope with him. And that was the problem. One player changed the whole match.
2: Yeah, he certainly did. And um, I don't necessarily think it was one player which changed, changed the match. I think it was one manager which changed the well, course yeah. of that match. <laughs> yeah. I'll rant about that no. later on. Um, yeah. That, one, Ben's, that Ben's, one goal just before half-time changed the match. We, we, yeah, yeah.
5: he we went in 2-0, you know, I don't think it would have been a goal. Just change. That's when Cloughy lost the plot. Because he didn't know what to say yeah. after that goal went in, I think.
2: Yeah, fair point. Nick, Ben said uh, before in his in his first comment about never feeling so low uh, for a long time after the game. What were your thoughts and feelings after? Because I remember walking away from the game, getting soaked with, with the cold rain and thinking, I cannot believe the capitulation that I have just seen and the questionable dis- uh, decisions from Nigel Clough. I still can't get my head around it. I've tried to map it out on a wall. I've tried to sit, sit down and think about every angle possible. I still cannot understand what happened on Saturday afternoon.
1: No, I think the first 43 minutes were the best we've played at home since Northampton in the playoffs. I thought that was the best we played for a long time. But even, even at 2-0, me and my dad both said that it will take us to be 4-0 up before I'm yeah. comfortable that we're going to win. And I don't think there's many other teams that are 2-0 up at home and cruising where you think we're going to lose this. The second that goal went in, my dad said we're going to lose now. Now, in any other team, you'd go, well, that's ridiculous. Don't be so pessimistic. Of course, we're not going to lose. It was written in the stars as soon as they scored that goal. You knew we were going to come out and start like a tractor, and we did. Um and then, yeah, the Clough's antics didn't help where he started swapping players. God knows where. You know, Bowery comes on and all he had to do is bring Hawkins off for Bowery. And then all of a sudden, Bowery's running backwards. Hawkins then runs forwards, then he goes backwards again. Then he looks at the manager and goes backwards. Then he ends up for it was a strange. And we went five at the back. Um it, that was two two when we went five at the back, which didn't I didn't quite understand. Um that's how they scored yeah. their third goal
2: because we
1: we we yeah. settled, we didn't settle quick enough and they and took the man the advantage. that we strategically sent back to shore up this amazing back line of four was, men was, fault. Um, was the man who yeah. put it in the net. So yeah, yeah, it I must I, I just walked out thinking we're just gonna finish mid table, we're gonna amble to the end of the season. Maybe these signings made it slightly better, but yeah, there was a lot of pessimism, I think, on my side and anybody else. I mean, it was just typical stags. I mean, I'm not suggesting it's all cloth. It's happened under every manager we've ever had where we've been, you know, two, three nil up and it's all gone pear shaped. But we're just so soft at the minute. I just think that the team last year at two nil up conceding would have probably just won two, three, four, one. Whereas now, as soon as we concede, we, you know, we may as well fold up and just give up.
2: And we did. Cam, it. It's it's an interesting debate where you put the the blame. We'll come to some of the comments in a second. I don't know. I feel like we need to sort of address Saturday first and maybe get that out of the way because I think a lot of things then sort of spiral on from that. I still cannot get my head around some of the decisions and it sort of sparked a little bit more on social media. It's the first time really in Clough's tenure that we've started to see more Clough out sort of comments and a lot of sort of arguing and things like that what's your perspective on it after Saturday afternoon because like Nick said there I walked away from the game thinking this is a mid-table side at best and to be honest even given the new signings that we've made today I still feel in that same mindset because I think there's something deeper going on more on that in a second but first and foremost your thoughts and feelings on uh, on Saturday Cam?
3: a little bit just shocked and, and bewildered I just don't I can't really pinpoint what went wrong there was just that many things after after half time that went wrong and I mean yeah it started with with conceding that goal if we go in at uh, at 2-0 up then we're, we're comfortable we look confident uh, and I think we, we'd be all right but it's, it's same old Mansfield it's just we've not it's like we've not got 45 minutes of concentration in us, or 40-whatever, nearly 50 minutes of concentration. It's just that one moment where we think, oh, game's game's done, Like it's half-time in a second. It's like we've switched off, and it's come back to bite us. It bit us at, at, at Walsall, conceding late there, and then conceding early again, just not being switched on from, from the restart, like just like we were on Saturday. And it was just... So disappointing because the first half, other than conceding that goal, was was fantastic, and you think we were looking at what fourth in the table, but I, I think what doesn't help Clough and the team at the moment is the fact that how tight it is in in League Two, fourth to sixteenth are separated by four points, five points, so you are you, like Saturday we finish we. we at half time we were we were fourth in the league by full time we're ninth and completely out of the playoffs so it does it doesn't help that the league is so competitive and everybody like it just seems that everyone around us at the minute seems to be getting sort of like nicer games and we're just playing teams that are all around us walsall barrow back to back And then crew were doing better again. So we've got to be switched on for that. But we're our own worst enemies. I I think that's the problem. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, you've
2: hit the nail on the head. We are our own worst enemies. You know, other teams and what they're doing, the points gap and all of that, that's an uncontrollable. We should only be focusing purely on ourselves. And the only thing that didn't help Nigel Clough and the players on Saturday afternoon was Nigel Clough and his coaching team. He has to take full responsibility for what happened on Saturday, I'd have walked off with my head in such a, a spin. You know, I think Nick summed it up perfectly earlier on. He went from within the space of three minutes, Hawkins playing up front to playing centre-back to playing up front, Bowery playing up front to playing centre-back to playing wing-back. It beggared belief. And if you've got 11 players who are just have no idea where they're supposed to play on the pitch, and a team like Barrow, who were at that point scrapping to get their first victory in a while after a bit of a lull, it's a recipe for disaster and for Clough to come out in the week and say and talk about playing well he says we've played well against Warsaw we've played well against Barrow we've played well in the last three or four games for me personally Ben I've looked at I've had to switch that video off at times I've thrown my phone onto the sofa because I just think he's talking absolute shit I I just cannot see where he thinks we're playing well I, I personally don't think we are I think we're nowhere near, near it. And I think the sooner that Clough comes out and says, actually, no, we're playing really, really badly at the moment and we need to, to shake our ideas up, I think then he'd gain a little bit of respect back. We, we, we play, we do. I mean, in those games, we would have a five or ten minute spell and
5: we're playing brilliant. I think the first half against Barrow, it, it was a good performance. But <laughs> I think he's probably well, we did play well for ten minutes, we did play well for 15 minutes, and he's coming out, we're playing well. It's playing well over ninety minutes and we're not playing well over ninety minutes. We're losing concentration. We're not playing people where they should be playing. And Clough, I honestly think it, it, it just don't know what to, it just looks at. It don't know what to do. And I think he tinkers for the sake of tinkering.
2: Yeah, it's it's trying to sort of, you know. Fix it. It's it's not properly taking the time to diagnose the problem. It's trying to, it's doing that old classic, oh, turn it off, turn it on again and see what happens. Uh, Let's delve into some of the comments. Then I'll come back to to Nick and Alan and get some of their thoughts on uh, things that have happened this week. Apologies if I skip over your comment. There are a lot of uh, duplicate comments this week, given the nature of what we're talking about and what's happened over the last couple of days or so. Richard kicks us off tonight. Finally got players in the transfer window who who we actually need and who on paper should make a big difference. Was so deflated, depressed and confused after last Saturday, but feeling more positive now. Uh, Tom says Hawkins was a good player, but serious lack of mobility. Needs pace around him. Oates and Swan, uh, way too far from him on Saturday. Might see Kellen playing further forward, maybe a 4-4-2 coming as well. Uh, Roy says, please stop this loving for Clough. It's the manager, it's the manager. He turns good players into crap players. Just go and bring in the cowleys. A lot of talk about whether or not he should go, Nick. And to be honest, we're not at that point yet. You know, we're not at the point where we need to change manager. We're not in a relegation dogfight. We're nowhere near touchwood, cross fingers, and all that a relegation dogfight. And seemingly over the last forty-eight hours or so, we're making investments to try and strengthen our position. But what we are is hoisted by and hindered by the expectations set by last season. And I I just think that maybe we need to scrub that out and look at a perspective for this season. What are we happy with? What will we be happy with at the end? Because I personally think if we finish outside the playoffs, we will have a change in management. But now is not the right time to do so. And seemingly, one of my thoughts, Nick, to be honest, was that, Radford and, and Sharp wouldn't give him the checkbook to add players because they were thinking about potential change of management in the summer but they've done so they've given players two and a half years deal so it does seem like he's still <coughs> trusted to go and do the job
1: yeah I, I think he'll stay to the end of the season I think you've got to give until the end because like last season you could have a miraculous run I don't see it at the minute but it could happen um I is there anyone out there better than him? I, don't, I know he tinkers and messes about, but he has got success at this level. I, I don't know what the cow is, whether they even drop this far down, I don't know. Um, but I think you've got to give him till the end of the season. The league's that tight, isn't it? That you're, all, like Cam said earlier, you, you're two wins away from being fourth or a win away from being fourth and, and two defeats from 16th. It, I don't think changing the manager now is, is the best idea. Um, I do think for a few seasons now, since we've had Evans, the Stags have been this weird... We, we haven't seemed to have buy loads of players because we've got this weird feeling that we might get promoted. So let's not go mental because we might get promoted and we might need more players. So then we <laughs> tend to hold back and it's always a bit presumptuous that we're going to be up there and we're going to be challenging. And, and we, I think we should be with the budget we have. I'm pretty certain you know, we're still paying players three, four grand a week from what we understand from what Clough said about Johnson, et cetera you know, you look at the team on paper, we should be up there. And I, I, I still think that Radford potentially, even if we didn't make the playoffs may not change Clough, if I'm honest, they seem to have this Clough seems to be the old fashioned manager of the club. And the Radfords, I think like that, because then they can step away a little bit, um, which they tend to want to do that, you know, for various reasons. And they've left sharp in charge, but he doesn't really get involved. It seems certainly from what we see, um, Clough seems to be the man of everything. So, He's perfect for them he's a you know he, he does a lot of stuff that they'd have to get involved with it seems but whether that's good for the club i don't know but for me i'd give him the end of the season if we don't finish in the playoffs i think you've got to be asking serious questions
2: i think it will also alan depend on what other additions clough makes Within this window, he's hinted today when he's spoken about his two new additions that there are one or two more that that will be coming in. We expect there to be one or two outgoings as well, probably likely to lose George Lapsley. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, later on. But um, is it a case of we're overreacting given the last few results? Is it a, is it a case of um, the expectations too high? Are we over dramaticising it or are we just... Are we right are we right to 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 be worried are we right to be frustrated where does Alan Wilson sit with uh with, well, in that conversation I agree with what Nick said and yourself to a
4: certain degree I don't think it's time to get rid of him yet give him chance I think there's only two things that I can see especially from this season not so much last season but this season it's his stubbornness with the size of the squad if it have you know people that keep everybody all of us included, can keep saying, you know, 18 men, you get four or five injuries, it's not enough. But he's so stubborn in keeping that 18 players. But, you know, even the likes of Jason Law, even when this player's injured, can't seem to get a game. Yeah. And that's the thing that infuriates me. It's, it's the stubbornness with the size of the squad. And also, I think the players must take some sort of blame because 43 minutes, it wasn't Nigel that was on the pitch. You know, wreaking havoc and whatever, being 2-0 up and we're doing really, really well. The players have got to take some blame as well, I think. But uh, I definitely wouldn't get rid of him yet.
2: Give him a chance Uh and see, see if he can resurrect the season. Let's uh, have a look at some more comments, and I'm sure we'll come on to uh, the transfers in a second. Uh, Roger says I'm sort of happy Hawkins has gone. Don't think he was that as uh, quick enough as a defender. Uh, he's better as a striker though, but not really. Not used up front. Uh, let's delve into the Hawkins transfer then, because I think this is where the madness has kicked off over the last sort of uh, 48 hours or so. Cam, now his sale from a business point of view. Does make sense. He's out of contract in the summer. Um, although I would have personally given him uh, a new deal, and I know Clough was looking to give him a new deal. Also, from a personal point of view, let's not forget that you know footballers are human beings, and that that does have to, to be taken into context. He's got a young family. His family's from down south, so he's obviously moving back to an area which is near them, which is obviously better for his young family. And of course, from a financial standpoint, given his age of, of thirty. Gillingham are throwing money at it, left, right, and centre at the moment. So obviously, it's a better financial deal for him as well, given his his age. That's all makes sense, and and that's fine. But I think the issue for me over it all is, I would have rather have rather us have tried to invest in him a little bit. And if Gillingham are making that offer, seeing what we can do to keep him there, because he was Clough's of sorts because he'd captain most games in the absence of ollie clark he was one of our best assets in terms of being able to comfortably play in two different positions and i actually think on a positive standpoint over the last three or four weeks him going up front and playing with oates and swan off him has given us a real dynamic and we saw that in full effect against barrow um I actually thought he played really, really well against Barrow and I opened up a lot of space and that's conducive to why we got the lead that we did And I genuinely believe even at 2-2, if he'd have stayed up there, we'd have gone on to win that game. It's only because he moved and it sort of went out of sorts a little bit. It was a little bit like Jenga. It all started come to, to come tumbling down. And then Clough talks about when we bring in Alfie Kilgore, he says, we were bringing him in anyway. That's what infuriated me more because that, was, that for me was the light bulb moment of, great. He comes in, he goes into centre-half, Hawkins can go back up top, and all of a sudden we go from you know, being <coughs> on the edge to having a little bit more of a solid foundation. So I'm just frustrated that we've not, as a club, tried to hold on to one of our best assets. I get the business side of it, I get the financials, but surely if we're trying to be a progressive club, we should have done more to fight to keep Ollie Hawkins, unless, of course, Cam, Clough and his recruitment team have a couple of aces up their sleeve.
3: It is a confusing one because even if you consider Hawkins as a striker, we were still needing a striking option. Regardless of whatever happened, we needed another another striker in, somebody that knows where the net is. If you look at Hawkins as a defender, even with Hawkins at the back, we still needed an extra body in. Now that we've lost Hawkins, yes, we've bought Kilgore in, but we are still, in my mind, one centre back short because that leaves Perch and O'Toole, who are the only out and out centre halves at the club. That and fit. one of
2: those is and one of those isn't a natural out and out centre half in John Jones, no, remember,
3: is he's, he's a CDM, isn't he? So yeah, but obviously Hewitt can play there, but he's better sort of like out wide but and then obviously Harbottle's injured and we don't know how long he's going to be out for so you think even with hawkins we're still one short we've now lost hawkins and we've replaced him but that still leaves us in my mind one defender short and especially if we realistically are we going to bring anybody else in i'd like to think we are and i know mr david sharp has been a bit cryptic with his most recent tweet uh saying thank you to Hawks um delighted to get Callum and and Alfie in 17 days left in the transfer window dot 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 thinking right so we're not done then but it, it, what are we going to be doing because we need definitely need a defender and we definitely need a striker do we need someone in the midfield is is an interesting one because we've always said we're very overloaded in the midfield. Clark's out injured, Hartigan's now out for the season. If we lose Lapsley, I guess we've got law, but does that then leaves us are we are we sure across the entire pitch now now that we've lost I think the debate for me, Ben, is
2: is more rate around, or not necessarily debate, but the the alarm bells ring, where when Clough's been speaking about Hawkins leaving, he still refers to him as a defender. and And that's what got me. It's almost like we went down this one track of him being able to play in this one position. It's no wonder in the end that Hawkins probably did feel a little bit like, well, if I'm going to go to Gillingham, the one thing that they've said to me is that you won't play centre-back, you'll play centre-forward.
5: Yeah, I think it's... Hawkins has gone. I think I, I completely agree with every, every word you said there. Um, Hawkins uh, been one of our most consistent players. People I like, a few mistakes, but a lot of players have made mistakes but you notice his mistakes because he's in defence playing up front with Oates and Swan running around him balls into him it was it was going to be the future so bring this Alfie guy in defence put him up front but then Hawkins goes and if you read on his Twitter he's very like it's the best club I've played for in my football career i loved it there etc okay you say that and then he's got his finance and his kids and whatever but I, I just think it's I think backwards. Step Hawkins, leaving my personal opinion. You've got someone that can play in defence, and yeah, you know, he's a decent doorman lad. And he was the captain in the last game. So, if you're captain last Saturday, and then you're out this Saturday, there's something gone wrong. Unless the money's just ridiculous from Julie. We could not refuse it. He could not refuse it. But everyone's happy last Saturday. He's captain, and whatever, now he's gone. So,
2: do it. Is this something, Nick, that we 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 perhaps missing because? For me, I don't want to be, you know, don't be accused of stirring the pot here and creating rumours which aren't true. I'll have a little bit of rant about rumours later on. But there does seem to be something which is niggling away. Like Ben sort of said there, he was captain on Saturday and all of a sudden he's gone. And, you know, Lapsley all of a sudden has gone from being a really happy, positive figure in and around the dressing room, really settled at the club to completely wanting away and not really being that involved. Is there something that we 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 need to worry about it. is there something that we're
1: perhaps missing I don't know I thought that the one with the Hawkins I thought it was potentially a last minute they've just made a random bid out of nowhere and we've accepted it but then the one thing from the Kilgore interview that he said that he was watching the club train before a game that was mid-December Was yeah. it early December yeah so why yes. did we have to wait until we sold Hawkins to announce that which then made me think, well, maybe it's... A, because, you know, if, if this fella should have signed on the 1st of January, if we've agreed it with Bristol Rovers yeah. and he'd been at the training ground on the 6th of December or what it was, for me, the 1st of January, he should have played against Warsaw. So yeah. we've held off until two hours after we've announced the Hawkins deal, which from a PR point of view is bizarre. Would have been better the other way around. At least give us the good news first. Um But... They didn't. So that, that made me think, well, as a club, then we've had to wait until we've definitely got somebody off the books to bring somebody else in. Otherwise, we would have announced Kilgore last week because Bristol mm-hmm. Rovers clearly weren't going to play him. He's been here early December. You know, it, it made no sense to wait until two hours after Hawkins had gone. So that's made me think there's maybe more to the hawk. I don't know. I get the feeling it was just a random bid out of nowhere. But then, were we holding off the Kilgore deal till we saw it, till we got somebody out the door? I don't know. It's interesting. I think we, we thought Johnson was going to be out the door before. Yeah. I think now, I think we thought yeah. someone was going to put a storming bid in, and he was going to disappear, and we can then bring Kilgore in. But I don't know. Everyone know exactly.
2: I know, exactly. There, I know exactly what's going to happen with Danny Johnson. Johnson might end up. He, he's going to be back. I, pers- I personally don't think that we'll see Danny Johnson playing a Mansfield shirt under Nigel Clough. But I also think that if he does come back, he'll either go out and loan out, out somewhere else or he'll stay and be a, a, a bit part player, sub-appearance here or there, the occasional start, and then we will lose him in the, tra- in the summer transfer window for absolutely nothing. It's clear to me, Al, that um, Nigel Clough doesn't want Danny Johnson at the club. He's a valuable, valuable asset at the moment and we shouldn't be selling. Ollie Hawkins to Gillingham, we should be doing our utmost to get Danny Johnson out the door because we're to get more for him and it's more beneficial for us. Yeah, but you've also got to
4: think, Craig, uh, I mean, I'm only going through putting two and two together. I might be making five, but didn't he actually, when he'd heard about the uh, transfer business and whoever got in touch with him, didn't he actually put a transfer request in? Because that makes a different... uh, spin on the story in my opinion because if he's put a transfer request in what can nigel do it can offer him you know a contract or whatever but like we've said before if they've if they've doubled his wages like they're supposed to have done you know what's the chap gonna do He's 30 31 you only have so long in football and you just can't blame the chap for going but i can see where you're coming from about johnson you know because it is a shame because we scored 15 for warsaw hasn't he you know mm. it's proved in the past. He knows where the net is, but it's obviously something's happened between Nigel and him, you know, where there's uh, going to be a problem.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, also as well, I think it's one of those things uh, as well. You mentioned there about the rumours of him putting a transfer request in and, and things like that. That is something which has annoyed me to the hilt this week, Ben. And you might have seen it on the Mansfield Matters Twitter, I noticed a couple of days ago. I think it was probably Wednesday when the rumours were starting to fly about Hawkins going to Gillingham and Lapsley as well. I noticed a handful, and it is only a handful of tweets um, from supporters, and I use the term very, very loosely, <laughs> who were um, who were, of course, saying, "Oh, I don't want them to go." I think the um, I think the snakes and, and and all of that, and tagging them. In it, And I think that's one of the most frustrating things for me is that we shouldn't be doing that. That's fueling rumours. And it just got under my skin and annoyed me. And that's what really, really grinds my gears about January. Rumours fuel everything. And one thing that Nigel Clough does is holds his cards very, very close to his chest. And seldom do we find out the truth about what's going off so now there'll be a certain amount of people who will think who think that hawkins did hand in a transfer request did chase after the money we'll have no idea if that's true but because based on hearsay and rumors people will think that's true and therefore will get on his back and we'll call him all sorts of names under the sun i just don't think that's right and it just annoys me about you know everything during during january
3: I'll say there is I mean, I mean, people that have commented on his his personal stuff. So it's just like just with the it's just like the the money emoji. It's just like, come on, behave. <laughs> it's, it's pathetic, but I mean, that,
5: that, it, it's the world we live in now. Obviously, with all this social media, it gives a person this chance to say something and tag in that person. I mean, you know, you could be down at the pub in the old days and you'd, you'd say you might say something, but Ollie Ocho would never hear it, or George Love should never hear it. Now they can just sit. At the desk on the phone and say Joe at George Lapsley or at a little and it, it's I mean I can't imagine what it's like to be a footballer because you know you imagine on their Instagram the amount of DMs they get into there and being tagged on Twitter um, yeah and one one rumor that's completely wrong could could it could go on to and everyone believes it I mean the amount of times people tell me this is fact and it's not <laughs> it's just it is ridiculous.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you saw it a little bit with um, the the prime example was in the Wrexham documentary when Paul Mullen went from League One to to the conference. And yeah, you know, he'd have got a nice little financial package, but he explained his reasonings for for joining Wrexham on the show. And, you know, he was talking about how actually it affected him from a mental health point of view and, and things like that. And I just think it's the same, but also as well, if you've got fans that are doing that, that plays straight into the hands of agents who are going, well, they don't want you anyway, and then getting in their heads. And it just adds fuel to an unnecessary fire which shouldn't be put out. but also I want to address the fact that um, some people on on Twitter um, took what I said in a completely wrong way and completely didn't understand the point I was trying to make and those people that didn't understand that you're the problem you are the problem right let's move on because uh, I could rant about that all day uh, let's go back to some more comments um Jim says, I still think JJ would upgrade our backbone and resilience. Why? Oh, why isn't he involved? Come on to him a little bit later on with a group of players. we will come on to that in a second. Um, talking about a managerial change. Tom says, never going to get rid of Clough this season. Only contracts until the end of the season. Uh, And only five or six points off the automatics. He's made weird decisions lately, but deserves this season. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Simon says, Is this the end of the beginning, or is this the end or the beginning of the end uh, for Bowery? Hopefully, playing more forwards. Tom says, We hugely miss Clark in the middle. Does the gritty side in the middle better than anyone? In the team, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Simon adds, something doesn't feel right in the club, whether it's the players, investment, management team, playing style or board, no togetherness. The terraces are starting to fall flat. Agree with that as well. Uh, Richard, nowhere near as good as we were last season. We have gone backwards in terms of performance when we should have kicked on. Roger says, Gordon had a really bad game last Saturday. Too many good positions wasted by a blocked or poor cross. I'd drop him, but he'll play because there's nobody else. Now you see, now there is, because now we've brought Callum Johnson into the picture, who plays right back, right wing back, right side, centre half. I actually think the writing could be potentially on the wall for Kellen Gordon, Kevin. I'd hate that. Because I think Gordon has still got a lot of potential to give, but for whatever reason, like a number of others, it doesn't quite seem to click under Nigel Clough. Maybe it's just because he's not tried him as a centre forward yet. Still time.
3: I don't. I don't think it's that. I just think Gordon. I don't think it's the fact that Gordon's not trying. But I just think that, yeah, like like comments and and whatever have said, Gordon is not performing the way that we know he can he's he's not he's not able to to deliver across like he used to be able to and he it's like just all these injuries are now actually starting to take its toll and just like he's not as fast as he was he's not uh, he's not getting forward as much as he used to and his deliveries are (laughs) absolutely absolutely dire other than maybe the odd one or two and it's frustrating because we're not just not seeing the best in him. And I don't know whether that's a, a confidence thing or whether he's he's just not fully fit or or what. I don't know because you'd say a couple of seasons ago, he was probably one of our best players and, and one of our most valuable assets. You think he he signed for us on the back of winning promotion with Lincoln, and that won't have been a, a cheap fee from Derby. Because I imagine Lincoln would have more than happily signed him on a permanent transfer at the end of that season, if not taking him back on loan again. But yeah. So we'd have we'd have forked out a decent amount of money, but he's just not performing. I think there's just a lot of players that just aren't 100% with it. I think Maris is, is very hit and miss at the minute. I think that's just because he's been injured. Obviously, Ollie Clark's missing to injury. Stephen Quinn has been another one that's just been completely off of this season. He did well on... Saturday, obviously getting his goal and just really making a nuisance of himself. Oates is obviously just injured from earlier this season, and it just, he's getting better and getting back to what he used to be. And it just overall, I just think we—it's like we've still got a major hangover from Wembley.
2: Mm. I think seems... that hangover
3: is actually it's, that is starting to kick in uh,
2: probably since start of December, I thought, you know, we sort of shrugged it off early doors, but as the season's gone on, it's sort of been one of those which has crept up on us. And I think it brings me nicely to my next point, Alan, and it's the, there was a red flag comment for me from Nigel Clough on the statement about Ollie Hawkins leaving. And it's the words, there's a desire to go with a younger squad. Now there's two things (laughs) for that. Well, there's a couple of things for that as well. Number one, where is that directive come from um because Nigel Clough when he came in he instilled the directive of getting experienced players through the door because it's clear that young the young players wasn't working and if that's the the directive what age is the cut off point Ollie Hawkins was 30 30 years old uh, and we sell him to 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 Gillingham I still think we could have offered him another year another uh, another uh, another two years and still got something decent out of him um, but I had a little look through the squad, the other players in the squad, and looked at the ages. James Perch, 37. John Joe O'Toole, uh, 34. Jordan Bowery, 31. Ollie Clark, 30. Stephen McLaughlin, 30. Lucas Aikens, 33. Stephen Quinn, 36. Based on, on that and based on if we're using Ollie Hawkins as the benchmark to get a younger squad, we have got to therefore replace one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players when are we doing that? Are we doing that now? Are we doing that in the summer? How <laughs> right. does that come around? Because we don't know what, Lee. There is no sense to that, to changing that directive in the middle of a bloody season. That's more mental to say that than it was to bring Bowery on, put him up front for two minutes, put him at the centre-back, put him at wing-back and then get him collecting the fucking cones. Well, it was probably <laughs>
4: hoping to bring the uh, average age, down because one's 24 and the other one's 26, aren't they? So I mean yeah. that's brought the average age down slightly, but you know, it probably it's it's probably a matter of course, depending on where we finish or how well we do this season, you know. Like you said before, has he got other irons in the fire that's the same sort of age? We don't know. I mean, I don't go on Twitter and stuff like that. I haven't got Twitter a, a Twitter account, but I did see about three weeks ago about this Gilmore, you know, there were three teams after him, weren't there? There was all us. Colchester, and I can't remember the other team. So, I mean, if I've even seen it, and I'm no Twitter expert, you know, other people have
2: seen it. So, it must have been banded about. It's, it's just a strange one, the old uh, age thing for me, Ben. Because, like I say, if we are using that as a director, we've got to replace seven players. It just seems a little bit strange that we're changing that standpoint now. Because Nigel Clough has always said that this is the hardest window to, to get players in. It, it's a it's a very very weird thing. It's almost like he's been he, he's been given uh, a, another a different task by the board. We've gone with what you said, Nigel, and brought in some experience. We fell short at uh, at Wembley, so what we need to do to take us to the next step is to completely go the opposite way and bring in a younger squad. It's daft is, at this point. Is, is this what is this what we've got, David
5: Sharp? For because maybe he's just put this in this one decision because I don't think he's done anything else. Why he's been there, so. <laughs> So, so maybe him, him, he's just coming, made that decision. There you go, fluffy, that's hard work for you. But I mean, it, it is the right to go, is we do need to make it to as well. That's 100%. Whatever they've done in the past, we do need to go that that way. But to do it in January, it's more of a, it's a full season job. Into, you know, to, when you do clear out seven or eight players and bring seven or eighters in, in January, I mean, what we're going to do, we've brought two in, they, they might bring another mm. two in, but they will get rid of the same amount. If we bring four in, four will go out. And I worry for people like Barry, Gordon, I think we know Lapsley's going, you know, and it's just like, you know, I'd rather them just add players, but I know financially it's a business, whatever, but we've got a small squad, let's just get four in and that's it, they'll carry on. But yeah, it's, uh, it's you know, it'd be, people like Pitch, I mean, you know, he could go tomorrow, I mean, he's not been very good this year anyway. I mean, John Joe Tool, I mean, it's just, you know, He's in his 30s, he's not playing. They're the players they probably should be getting rid of to bring new people in, but they're not assets, they're not going to get money from.
2: That's what frustrates me though, Cam, because 12 months ago, we gave a 33-year-old John Joe O'Toole a really good long-term deal. So he's going to be Italy's, what, probably James Perch's age. And now you go in with this whole, we want a younger squad. We still don't know what the cutoff is. Obviously, we're summarising that 30 is the the standard age because it's been said in a statement about a 30-year-old leaving. But if you're one of those players, Perch, O'Toole, Perch is probably the exception, Quinn as well, because they know they're at the back end of their careers and they'll be looking for the next logical step. But O'Toole... Bowery, Clark, McLaughlin, they've still got a good two, three seasons in them at this level. But if you're reading that statement, you're surely thinking that you're probably getting your agent on the phone and going, what's going off here? I can't I can't get me at head around. And when you're getting the results that we're getting, you add that into the mix. It's not a motivational thing, is it? It's, it's a very, very strange situation to be put in. But I wouldn't like to be one of those players, would you?
0: No.
3: I can understand Clough's standpoint as in getting rid of not not getting rid of younger players but sort of like molding the squad to the way that he wants because players like Tyree Sinclair weren't simply just weren't good enough Alistair Smith wasn't good enough and he, he's done all right since being at Sutton he did well last season he's not really done anything this season uh James Clark was probably about the only disappointing one that I think we've let go but, yeah, was it just that our young players weren't good enough? He wants a younger squad, but, but again, our young again, players weren't good enough.
2: I don't want to cut you off. Sorry for, no, quick, for cutting in. But the, the thing that you said there is, you know, you've listed off all these players. That's another thing which has sort of have been highlighted in my mind. Every time he's had the opportunity to use a younger squad and develop from in-house or bring in... Younger players. He's failed to do so. In fact, actively, he's been against playing younger players. Jason Law is probably the best talent we've got at this club yet. Constantly, we fail to send him out on loan. We fail to give him game time. We fail to give him any hint of opportunity. They sit there and they talk about him in the press all the time, or with the fans, and go, "Yeah, it's great. We absolutely love him. We'll play him then. Give him the opportunity. Will he get the opportunity tomorrow? Will he get the opportunity this season? I still don't think so. Which is which is why I don't personally believe, Ben, that this directive of we're going with, with there's a di- desire to go with the younger squad. I don't think that's from Nigel Clough whatsoever. I think that's the like when you go into work, that's the objective he has to work to. I don't. I foresee this being the start of a crack. Shoot me down if you want to, people. This is an opinions-based show, and my opinion is that the directive has not come from him, and I think this could be the little chink in the armour which starts to crack the egg. Oh. Well, I, I think the, the egg's
5: cracking. <laughs> the egg's, egg's been cracking for a while. Um, I, you know, I think we need to give this another week. We just need to see how it all plays out. Who comes in, who goes out. I think there's gonna be a lot more surprises still to come in this in this window. Uh, but who's like I say who's making the decisions? Are these Clough players that are these players that Clough wants, or are these players that other people are bringing in? But mm. with Mansfield, like everything, we'll never know because we never get anything out of Mansfield of actual fact.
2: And again, that is that is spot on. It's it, it's that thing of we get zero communication of where this is coming from. The next time we'll have a fans forum, will probably be in February, late February, early March, after the transfer window, and there's nothing at all other than a free agent who's probably been without a club for the best part of a year that we can do on a transfer front. So we therefore are in that safety bubble of, this is what we've got, this is what we deal with in the here and now. A little bit more clarity, a little bit more clear communication from those at the top, those, or even Clough himself, would be absolutely fine. I think it would alleviate a lot of the stresses, a lot of the worries, a lot of the debates which we've been having over the last 53 minutes on this show, Alan, and I think it's, I think we deserve a little bit more clarity and a little bit more clearness. You know, Crawley fans are obviously unhappy with the way that their club is being run At the moment. And I would be as well if I was in their situation with the change of managers selling the best assets and and things like that. The chairman getting involved, the co-chairman being like the assistant manager for a game. I would be as well. But one thing he did do was do a video by the club with explaining his reasonings behind it. When was the last time we heard from somebody other than Nigel Clough? To give us a directive and give us a clear communication pattern and strategy over where our club, the club that we're investing our money in by buying tickets, season tickets, merchandise, the one that we have invested in by getting the extra season tickets and driving um, the profile of the support of the club on. Where's the directive about where we're trying to go? Don't keep us in the dark i to we say, well, there hasn't been anybody, has there? There's only Andy Garner done
4: a couple of uh, interviews. That's about it. Other mm. than Nigel, like you said. Uh, we I mean, briefly. It was, go on. It was, I was just going to say it was David Sharp when uh, we had the other forum telling us everything they were going to do. But that was mainly about tickets, weren't it? I was going to change the ticket system. There was nothing else about
2: anything. Absolutely. We've briefly lost Nick for, for a while, but we've managed to uh, get, I've been round to his house and we've we've dragged him back on. I went round to borrow some milk and got him back on the uh, on the stream. Nick, we've just been debating there about this directive from, or the quote, should I say, from Nigel Clough on the sale of Ollie Hawkins. There's a desire to go with a younger squad. We were debating the cutoff age and um, those players who were below that age and whether or not we should have some more Clear, concise communication from those other than Clough over the directive of um, uh, of where, where we're trying to go. What's your thoughts and, and, and feelings on it? Should we have a little bit more clarity, some a little bit more communication, or should we just trust in the process? I think we've got. I think you're on. I think you've muted yourself. can't hear you. We can't hear you. You have, to get a, you have to get a notepad and start scribbling it on the screen.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: I don't know what's going on there. We'll try, we'll try and get him back. Uh, I'll unmute you and mute you again. I think... Try it. Try now. Try speaking. Hello. Now.
1: There we go. There we, go. Oh, that's so, there. Soul. There we go.
2: It was Craig's fault. It was. I
1: must admit, I'd unmuted myself. Um, no, apologies for that. I have a toddler who's decided that throwing up was a great thing to do at this time of the oh. night. Um, All right. Yes, Now she's fine. Um, so... Uh, Yeah, I I think the the, age thing is an interesting one. I think the the biggest telltale was when we played Swindon. I think I checked on an app that the the average age of our squad was 29 point something and theirs was 23. And I think you could just tell the difference. Um, I think, yeah, I I think we do need a younger squad. I mean, I'm looking back to past successful teams. You really want two or three in your 11 to be experienced, done it before. And then the rest of them, you want a bit of a mix of younger players and players that are on the way up rather than on the way down. I think we seem to have somehow done the opposite of that. And we've ended, you know, he says he wants a younger squad, yet we've signed, you know, Akins and O'Toole. Last, I know they were very successful last season, but, you know, when he signed like Murphy in the summer and Akins in the summer, that you know, they weren't young lads, were they? And he hasn't really signed any young lads. He's always signed players, what, 25 and above generally. Um, but yeah, I think we need a, lot, a few younger faces, I don't think would would hurt, certainly on the legs side of things. Uh, but yeah, in terms of transparency, it's, a difficult one you don't want them to tell you too much because then obviously everyone else hears about what they're planning and what they want to do but um, it would be nice to know a bit of a direction for me in terms of travel and what we're going for what sort of style do we want to play what formation do we want to play and then you can tailor your signs towards it
2: hopefully you didn't hear me shouting at the dog then uh, we saw the dog no. No, we didn't hear yeah we saw the
3: dog yeah, no,
2: Charlie. Yeah, I muted myself. I didn't think it worked because you sort of podcast dog. Get him now. on. Yes. Get him on. No, he's gone now. He's buggered off to. Where oh. I don't know what's what is what his problem is, but there you go. Maybe he was just angry and annoyed that um you know uh, we're not getting some clarity and communication. Who knows, right? Um, there is so much more we could talk about. I genuinely tonight could sit here for a good two, three hours and debate everything that that's going off. Um. But we've still got a long way to go. I think we've still got, what, 17, 18 days left of the transfer window. Anything could change. I think the elephant in the room, though, uh, before we, we sign off tonight and do podcast predictions, Ben, has to be George Lapsley um, because there are rumours circulating. And again, it's that word rumours, which I absolutely hate at this time of year. Uh, but they're starting to get stronger and stronger and stronger with more respected and more, um, more journalists who seem to be in the know. Um, tweeting and talking about it, that a move could be happening in the next forty-eight hours or so, with him also going to join um, Ollie Hawkins at Gillingham. Um, what's your your take on the Lapsley situation? Yeah. Because it's a little bit different from the Hawkins one, because he's made it actively clear, or via Nigel Clough, it seems that he's made it actively clear, clear or his agent has at least that he doesn't see a career for himself at Mansfield. If that's the case, and if you were him, surely you'd be wanting to move up the league ladder to someone who is either in the top three of League Two or stable in League One. You wouldn't be wanting to go to a team that are you know, struggling at the bottom of League Two. All right, they might have a push next season, but that's a sideways move, surely. Surely we're the more progressive club than Gillingham, because if we're not, there's more alarm bells to be rung there. I mean, Laps, Lapsley's definitely
5: going I mean, I mean, I don't want him to go I think he's been a brilliant player for us But you just hear that much I heard the rumour a few days ago about him going to Gillingham And I just laughed at it There is no way George Lapsley's going to go to Gillingham That's not going to happen I'm telling everyone now I think, I
4: to not to I think
2: the only thing Or
3: go
4: Derby or whatever I am going to say Derby were mentioned And also it was mentioned Ipswich Yeah
2: any of yeah. those two la- la- the- any of the two latter clubs there, Derby, Ips, which you stand up, you applaud, you go Laps, thanks so much for the service. And because we get we get a good fee, we negotiate probably a sell-on and promotion clause and things like that. And that's exactly the type of transfer business that the Stags will be doing. But honestly, in my heart of hearts can, I can see the headline Lapsley sold to Gillingham. I can yes. see it because Mansfield are that ridiculous. On
3: the, a- o- the only the only thing with Gillingham, I think if he does go, it'll be the exact same reasons that Hawkins have gone. Is because they'll have bettered the money, but also he's from that way. Obviously, mm. he came through Charlton's academy. He's he's from that that side of London. So from a from a family standpoint, obviously, the when he signed for his, he didn't have his his little girl so it made it made that thing much easier It could it, housing wise he could do whatever but now it's like you've got all these different things to play into does he want to go back down towards sort of like where his family are maybe it's exactly the same as hawkins if i'm honest if he right, does go right. again i under i understand that and i appreciate it, that from it, a it's, personal it's a point of view personally i think it's a backwards step you've got to it think is. mansfield this season, we've realistically, if we get back onto a decent bit of form, we've still got promotion this season within our reach easily. They're fighting the relegation.
2: Difference. Yeah, here's the difference for me, Alan, on that. Hawkins, you know, you let go. He's 30 years old. We get a fee for him. It's a good bit of business, and it's good for him on a personal level as well. But Lapsley... He's got a career ahead of him. He's got a good career ahead of him. What is he, 20... 25. 24-ish? 25? 25, 24, um, yeah, 25? somewhere around there. At that age, that's a player that you want to progress. He's one of our best players. I think he's in the top three of our best players. Surely, you, go, you don't go out of your way to give Hawkins a new deal. You have a cut-off point. You'd like him to stay, but you know, you know that it's a limited time with him. There's still time for Lapsley to grow and become a, a good club player, if you were the Radfords, if you were David Sharp, Allen, would you be saying to Nigel Clough and Simon Clough and the recruitment team, do whatever you need to do to keep him here because in a year's time or in the summer or even next summer, so 2024, he'll be even more of a valuable asset to us. Do we have right. to think long-term strategy or are we literally just going pound signs, pound sounds, pound signs? No, a long-term strategy, but it all depends what sort of uh,
4: communication he's had with Nigel or, you know, David Sharp or whoever, doesn't it? Because he's obviously gone to him and his, uh, uh, Nigel's gone to him with his new contract and didn't he say when he tried, he, he forgot the first one and then he, he upped it, he gave it to, you know, it was a better better offer, if you like, and he still said no to that. And I think in, was it the next interview when he said, well, Lapsley's on his way out or, you know, or whatever it was to that effect. So how does George Lapsley feel? Has he had enough with Mansell? Because he's certainly not been the same player since all these rumours started, in my opinion. And
2: how do, and Nick, how do his teammates feel knowing that one of their best players, one of their good friends is 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 on the verge of yeah. going? He's asked for something. He's not got it. Are they sharing the same agent? Are they thinking, well, if he's not getting it, I'm not going to get it. It starts that chain reaction.
1: Yeah, it does because the dressing room, obviously, you know, they're they're stronger with their mates who they're playing with than they are with David Sharp, Nigel Clough, etc. If I was Lapsley, I'd just stay at the Stags till the end of the season and and, and get an absolute pound signs at the end of it when a club hasn't got to pay a fee, so they'll pay him more money. Um, you know, and he could say to the Stags, "Look, if you get promoted, I'll sign a contract. If you don't, I'm off." Uh, yeah, you know, and he, and he can spend the next six months negotiating a, a, an absolute massive contract with a a Derby or an Ipswich. I don't even know if Derby can sign players. I, I think no, I don't, don't think they can. I, no, don't think they can. I don't think they can. I don't think they can pay a fee. I think they can sign them no. for free, but I don't think they can pay a fee. So. You know, if I was Derby, instead of paying him four, <coughs> I'll, pay you, I'll pay you seven in the summer. I don't know. So yeah, that's that that's where I the issue. If I was him, if I was him, that's
3: that, what i would do. But. That's where the issue is because obviously he's nearly at the end. He could actually turn around and sign pre-contract terms yeah, with could, anybody yeah. now, and yeah. we don't get anything for him. Yes, same we with Danny Johnson. The the season, but yeah, yeah, exactly the
1: same. This is that if we do sell Lapsley, it's the least amount of money we will ever get for him because why would clubs pay now? You know, if you're another club looking elsewhere, you'd say to him, "I'll just pay you more in the summer." Hang it out for six I, months. not losing genu- out. I genuinely think we
2: have dropped the ball on Lapsley. We should have done we should have done more in the summer to get a retainer on, to get another to trigger, um, whether it's against his will or not, to trigger a clause which puts another year on his contract, which means that we get a better financial settlement. Cause I can see what'll happen now. We'll either sell him for below value or we'll keep him to the summer. He won't play to the best of his ability because he knows he'll go for sod all. In the uh, in the summer window, this is why I hate the transfer window. To be honest, um, and this is this is it's frustrating. Um, I guess the proof will be in the pudding tomorrow, Ben. Whether whether or not he's named in the uh, the eleven, because whilst he's a Mansfield player, regardless of what's going off on off the pitch in terms of contract negotiations, if he's available for selection, you'd be foolish not to, wouldn't you? The bench
5: because it was on the bench last game we all know clough's stubborn and, and Clough, you know he even though lapsley's one of our best players if he if it's if he's not sitting right with Clough he ain't gonna be in that eleven so I, I don't think I would start lapsley even if he was leaving next week I'd start lapsley I don't think Clough and Mansfield will start Lapsley. It's well, same
4: I mean, with the DJ isn't it yeah. it's the same situation really with DJ is yeah. coming back is, is he actually back in mansfield now do we
2: know no he's got one more game at warsaw so he'll be yeah. back back with us monday but again right. will he train will he do yeah. this will he do that who knows what what's going to happen uh we are rapidly running out of time um and we could like i said we could talk for another two hours uh make sure you join us next week for probably another discussion um on uh this on this sort of trailer, thought, but we have one more thing left to do on the show before we uh sign things off. That is, of course, podcast predictions crew at home tomorrow, managed, of course, by a former stag in Lee Bell. Now, Nick, have you got a former Lee Bell match worn shirt? No, I haven't. So, so you know, we know where we'll <laughs> see you tomorrow, then we'll see you outside the main entrance trying to get hold of him, will we?
1: Yeah, trying to get one, yeah. Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't got a Lebo one. I have got a theme tonight, which I know we've not got much time. I will give people I'll give all ten seconds to get the theme. And the players are McDonald, Clements, Hasselt, Brown, and Briscoe. That's that's uh, you've got, you not got long to guess, but that's there is a theme for all those names. There is um there is something that links them all, other than the fact they play played for stags and I own one of their shirts. Uh... Anyone got any ideas? i don't like quiz. this
2: I, mm. I do the quiz not you it's not, the, not I'll, I'll, I'll you, yeah i'll give you one clue it's to do with appearances
0: <laughs> is or, it
2: over 100 appearances it is indeed
4: yeah i to say i know simon brown has yeah it's i was surprised by
1: that um, mm. But yeah that's that, that's the link to them all is that they're all, they've all made over 100 appearances oh. um so i'm trying to get find a tedious link every week is, but that was the one i could come I, up with is max still one. at gillingham yes yeah. he played yeah. um, played was it leicester they played in the fa cup yeah he played, yeah. He played against them yeah
5: yeah he's selling got mcdonald's shirt i'll buy it <laughs> <laughs> I
1: think, it's, I think it's one of the green ones on ebay you think someone's wanting like 200 quid for it how are you yeah, getting on um, with
2: the uh the, the dave
1: artel one um i i'm good friends with another collector uh michael who's got who i got a lot of my shirts from when i started because he knew someone who was selling theirs and that's kind of why i started and he lives probably a, just about as close as you do to me. Um, and he was bidding on it because I've got a couple from the Cardiff game. I've got the Pilkington one. I've yeah. got Andy White, and I've got, it was he wasn't a sub, but I've got his shirt with the embroider on it, access, and I've got another. So I didn't bid on it. He put a bid in up to £210, thought he wouldn't win and no one's outbid him and he won it last night. So technically I can go and see it because it's about, it's down the road. <laughs> uh, but I was telling him last night that no one's going to outbid you. And he kept asking me to share it and I refused because I thought I wanted him to win it, and now he's won it, so it went for two hundred and ten yeah. quid, which is quite a lot of money to raise, which is great. Um, but yeah, it's two hundred and ten quid that went for. Um, but yeah, it was a bit annoying because I, I I mess obviously messaged random players. Dave Artell replied back to me the day after it went up for auction, saying that he would he would have sent it to me, but he posted oh. it on the same morning. But oh. I missed out by like, that much. Yeah, good. Yeah, well, t- two hundred and ten it- was a bit much for me on that one.
2: Yeah. Well, the, the important thing from our perspective, from a podcast point of view, is you've got to weigh in. You've got a door, half a door open with Dave Artel, who's one, another one on the, on the list. Right. Anyway, I, dig- I, I digress. We can't keep you too for, for much longer. Uh, ben, as soon as you're on the podcast, uh, again, been great having your input today. Please do come back uh, uh, and, and debate with us uh, another time. But of course, you are the podcast predictions uh, Admin, king, leader, whatever you want to call yourself, whatever title you want to give. Uh, give us a quick update, if you would, as to where things stand after last week's horrendous throwaway yeah. at home to Barrow. Yeah. So so
5: last last week, basically, so, so last week, there's only people who got a point, and that was Cam Felton, Nathan Edge and Rob Siddons. Oh, so but, nothing's really oh, changed.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
5: but, but we've got Nate, Nathan Edge and Cathy Owens in joint ninth, JS in eighth. Kiwi Stag, Adam Kump, Steve Naven, Clive Park, and David Shetliff all in joint third, Roger King in second, and Alan Wilson still on top by one point.
2: As if. I can't believe that.
4: I
5: Wait, really is, is can't Na- believe
2: that. Betty, is, is Nathan ahead of me?
5: Nathan is above you by two points. Oh, um, I don't know. How you've let that happen.
1: Oh,
2: great. so, so <laughs> Nathan will be it, back on there. Not been on the not been on the podcast for about six months. He's, he barely puts his predictions in on time. I sometimes let him let him get his prediction include his predictions because you know he's me mate and that. I, I'm I, no. I'm going to start putting down false predictions for Nathan. Cause yeah, I'm not having it. Not Can't having it. One anyway.
3: Ooh, come oh, on
2: going catch you. <laughs> if Cam beats me on podcast predictions this season, Cam can host and produce the podcast next season. Because I am done. What's that? It's a bit, bit harsh. Let me say that I'm winning. I, I am don't know how. I am done. <laughs> look, I, look, Alan, I've got a lot of respect for you. You know, you're Santa. You're you're, you're <laughs> legends. I can't be doing with with Cam, who has made. Zero effort this 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 series to get involved with this podcast. Oh, yeah. Turns up when he wants. Messages me like ten, five minutes before when I'm making my cup of tea. Can you come on the stream and check my equipment's working? If look no, if he beats me, I'm done. I, I'm done. I, I've had enough of it. Can't be doing with it. Right, come on then. Let's. Uh, I'm joking, of course. Cam will never host this podcast. Um, right. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, ben we'll start with you then for podcast predictions this week what are you going for crew at home two new players of course without Ollie Hawkins but you know we've got to bounce back so prediction please you still got to
5: go for the win I don't know if it's my head or my heart that's saying it but 2-0 to Mansfield and we're going to keep the 2-0 and not lose 3-2 so 2-0 to Mansfield
2: Where, and the goal time
5: Oh, sorry. That will be
2: 53. 53rd minute. Excellent. Right. Come on then. One point behind me, Felton. Trying to do, outdo me on the backdrop. Trying to steal the podcast from underneath my nose. Come on. What have you got for me?
3: Uh, oh. 1-0 win. Uh, 63rd
2: minute. Uh, Alan, I'm going to go to you next.
4: 3-1 win. It's going to be a really good uh, afternoon, tomorrow afternoon. And it's going to be the first goal will be in the 28th minute. Nick,
1: you're up next. I think to, the only way you're going to beat Cam is if you just copy him every week, you're guaranteed to stay a point in front, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> got to be a tactic, <laughs> hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he mates with Ben, he can text you what he's, <clears throat> what he's done. Yeah. So, anyway, um, your prediction. I'm going to go for. 3 2 because it can't be to nil because we can't, we just capitulate. So I'm going to go 3 2 win. Oh, new defenders, Nick. New defenders. Yeah, not not no, goals, you'll you? probably play them up front. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: goal time, three, please.
1: Uh, I'm going to go for 31.
2: First minute. Uh, I can tell you that uh, earlier today, Clive went for a one or draw in the 18th minute. Nathan, of course, yet to put his prediction in. Shock, horror. I'm sure he'll do that. <laughs> it'll do it at two. It'll do it at uh, two, uh, one hour and two minutes before kickoff tomorrow, uh, just to spite me. Uh, you know what? My head says that we will lose and that our misery will continue, but Mansfield always matters, and uh, I'm also going to go for a one-nil win, um, and I'm going to go for the fourteenth. Uh, minute and I think we're going to be on the ropes and I think our new defenders are going to sort of help us across the line so uh, make mm-hmm. sure you get yours in uh, the link is live now it's in the description as always you've got to do it one minute and uh, an hour an hour and one minute before kickoff tomorrow afternoon and that's about it right um final thoughts uh, before we wrap up tonight it's been a really really good discussion really enjoyed it uh, this evening. Are Mansfield done in the transfer window. One word answer from you all. I'll start with Cam.
3: Uh, no.
2: Ben. No. Nick. No. Alan. No. Possibly. Uh, I <laughs> also. <laughs> Why <are> some splinters? <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, also, you know, we spoke about it at the. At the top of the top of the show uh the fluff in, cluff out sort of thing we've got a should we tomorrow start with a brand new piece of paper almost like it's a a new season we've had two defeats so far in 2023 if we put it right tomorrow is all forgiven nick no ben
5: possibly
3: then.
4: No. <laughs> yes <laughs> I'm just gonna say that man Alan possibly <laughs>
2: Cam. ish <I'll> tell- <laughs> I'll tell bring you back you an old one I'll tell you at the end of the season because right now I'll tell you this I am not feeling galvanized we really no. do need to solidify things before things get toxic. There's a hat trick. We'll see you next week. Do you know what? After all of that debate and discussion, I still don't think I've got the answers. Let's hope that Nigel Clough has tomorrow when the Stags welcome Crew Alexandra to One Core Stadium. Don't forget to get involved with podcast predictions. The link that you need is in the description and you must do it no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff. You know what to do by now. As always, my thanks to you guys at home for watching and to listening as well and of course my thanks to the Mansfield Matters podcast panel. We'll see you again next week quite possibly on Sunday or it'll be this time next week on Friday. Stay tuned to our social media to find out when. To be honest it'll probably depend on how we get on tomorrow afternoon against Crew. Right, that's it. I'm off to try and I don't know map out what on earth has happened over the last week or so and try and get some perspective and prepare for match day tomorrow. Who'd be a Mansfield Town fan, eh? We all would. Do you know why? Because Mansfield always matters. Goodbye.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery.